Daniel chapter 5, verse 13 through 31. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. And the king answered and said to Daniel, You are that Daniel, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king my father brought from Judah. I have heard of you, that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters, have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not show the interpretation of the matter. But I have heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple, have a chain of gold around your neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne, and his glory was taken away from him. He was driven from among the children of man, and his mind was made like that of a beast, and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. And you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. But you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, and the vessels of his house have been brought in before you, and you and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know, but the God in whose hand is your breath and whose are all your ways you have not honored. Then from his presence, the hand was sent and the writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Mini, mini, tickle, and parson. This is the interpretation of the matter. Mini, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tickle, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and David, sorry, and Daniel was clothed with purple. A chain of gold was put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed, and Darius the Mede, received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. This This, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brad, okay. So Daniel is back in the picture, our friend Belteshazzar, and he comes in and, you know, Belshazzar recounts all of everything that's happened to him. 
And Daniel says, you know, you can keep your toys, but I'll tell you what the writing on the wall means. And sure enough, in Daniel fashion, uh, that's exactly what he does. And we have this very sort of incantation, mysterious sounding uh, phrase that's inscribed. Meany, meany, tekel, and parson. Um, and so, Brad, what are your thoughts on Daniel's interpretation here? And, you know, then it comes to pass immediately. So, yeah, Brad, tell us, well, tell us your thoughts. I love how, how um, Daniel sets up the idea of, like, the, the humility that at one point, you know, Nebuchadnezzar did show. Yeah. But then also, like, contrasting with them using all these vessels yeah. that were stolen from yeah. Jerusalem to have this party and sort of, you know, there's these like worshiping almost like they're they're like idols and, and yeah. And so there's he's he's setting up that humility versus pride and arrogance. And 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 Daniel, as as we know, and I think we can make the case he was a type of Christ, is known for his humility and faithfulness. So there's this already kind of in this story, this kind of contrast uh, there. But then he gets to the interpretation, and, and these words are interesting. They, they, if you look at meany, meany, tekel, parser, like there's a declining uh, value in these numbers. Like meany is like a, I believe it's a, a shekel, and then, no, yeah. is it a, a mina? And then you have the tekel is like a shekel, and then you have the last word mm-hmm. is like a half of a shekel. Like mm-hmm. So it's like you're, the kingdom's about to be gone here as, as you know it and taken over by the Medes and, and Persians. And uh, so it's like kind of this... There's there's meaning in the words in that sense, and then it's interpreted as numbered, numbered, weighed, and divided. And I find it interesting that his reaction uh, to this interpretation, like he still follows. This is like maybe not what yeah <laughs> you want to hear as a, as a leader, but so there was so Daniel speaks truth, and I think it's taken at least in a way that you know, he's he's honoring what he said Daniel would get. Mm-hmm. And he's got the third spot in the in the hierarchy mm-hmm. still, even after this news. King of Babylon, yeah. And and I and I think it's somehow I don't know. It was just it was just speaking to me about how we can be God can honor or you know what can happen if we are truthful and speak the truth. Mm-hmm. Like he apparently there was some respect here still. I don't know what he was thinking. Was it one more day, or is it that day was going to yeah. be his last day? I don't yeah. know if he was thinking that, but. I just see the integrity of of Daniel just being truthful, probably knowing that's not what he wanted to hear. You know, that, that, but I'm just going to have to speak what I'm what I'm reading here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's just kind of some some initial uh, thoughts. Just absolutely, yeah. yeah. Daniel is good at coming into these uh, interpretation situations with some unpopular words, um, and it's also ironic, like deeply ironic, that you know this is all in the context of a great banquet and feast. And so, uh, you know, not necessarily the best like party, (laughs) um, party trick is telling somebody that their kingdom is going to be taken and they're going to be killed. Um, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Daniel is, is very bold and he, he presses straight into that. And I do think that this ties so cleanly into this theme with Nebuchadnezzar, you know, Belshazzar, he he kind of receives the word and, you know, maybe there's this idea that it's kind of like a figurative or a long-term sense of justice is going to come. And obviously, you know, we, we're talking, 
talked yesterday about God's immediate justice versus effectual justice. And this uh, is more of an immediate justice thing. Like the Lord, he, yeah. he, his, he sends this hand and prophesies this, and then it immediately takes place, uh, which is not always the case, but here it is. And I do think, you know, it, one of the clear themes with Babylon, with Nebuchadnezzar, with Belshazzar, is it is one thing to encounter and to observe the works of God and the might of God. Um, it's it's one thing to, you know, we even see there's this interesting relationship that plays out over time between Nebuchadnezzar and God, um, the God of Israel in the past few chapters. And, you know, there's worship that takes place even. Like Nebuchadnezzar extols God's greatness. And yet there's not a true submission to God. Like there's there's sort of this uh, this colleague nature in Nebuchadnezzar's mind between himself and Yahweh, the God of Israel. And he he extols the greatness, the powerfulness, the the power, the sovereignty of God, and yet he does not walk with God in humility. And he does not, as Micah, the prophet Micah says, he does not do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with God. Um, but he he kind of persists in his own ways. He persists in his own kingdom, and I do think that this is this is the theme of Daniel or one of the themes of Daniel is recognizing that as God works in this mysterious tapestry of human history and these different kingdoms rise, these different kingdoms fall, that all these kingdoms are, are set up and ordained by God. And that even the, the leaders of these kingdoms, and it's so clearly where the, the theology of politics that we see in the new Testament that, you know, how could Paul say that, and these other apostles say that Nero is set up by God, like a wicked king? How, how can you believe that? And and I think Daniel gives us a very clear outline of that, that even Nebuchadnezzar, even these people who are sacking the temple and, you know, drinking wine with these holy vessels, they have been set up by God and their days are numbered. And I think what we see that creates in Daniel is it's this quiet, steady confidence. And, you know, he, he's not chomping at the bit for power and influence in the kingdom of Babylon. You know, he, he tells Belshazzar, uh, you know, keep the, keep the purple robe and gold chain and the lineage of, you know, I, I'm not really interested in being the, the next czar of Babylon. Um, and, there's kind of this disillusionment with earthly power and this disenchantment with it um, because Daniel clearly sees that these kingdoms, these systems are are momentary things that are set up by God and that God can raise up and that he can put down. Yeah, I think there's also, like you see this theme in our pastor, uh, Jason Dees, recently you know, quoted from Jim Hamilton, He's got this really good biblical theology book that I recommend to the listeners to take a look at. It's called The Glory of God and Salvation Through Judgment. And I think these instances of where you see nations are, are kind of 
they're they're risen up, but then they they have a fall mm-hmm. or or what have you. There's a judgment there, and and I think that's in some ways, and we can't explain the mystery of all this, but it's it's another way that Scripture glorifies the Lord and how He works. Like there's salvation comes out of those the judgment in in the biblical narrative, mm-hmm. and you know one of the things I think that's important also with this this chapter is that if you look at the biblical historical timeline and we recently had a, a sermon series on Habakkuk at our at our church and in the second chapter it does talk about the fall of Babylon mm-hmm. happening and if you read in Jeremiah this timeline about when when Darius uh, comes in or Darius it's about almost 70 years till the exile will be mm-hmm. over in this context mm-hmm. and it's about at that time it's it's imminent so you see in Jeremiah 25 so we're seeing that all the tie-ins in Scripture here that that we can as we read through the Old Testament, mm. um, and and we see that judgment about to happen mm-hmm. to fulfill His plan of redemption, uh, ultimately. So, yeah, and, and I just think it's another example again of the sovereignty of God working through unique individuals that are using their gifts and their their abilities and their position. Where mm-hmm. did God have them? in these narratives like and i think a message for all of us is where does he have all of us and Mm -hmm. what are we prepared to speak truth into as daniel spoke truth into Mm -hmm. to to, uh, belshazzar here and um was faithful and so how how can we take that little nugget out and apply it to our life i mean this is a grand narrative we're reading about here but like there is some application Mm -hmm. of how we're going to use where we are and where god has us absolutely so, you know, I think one of the like sort of sub applications of this is how do we as people of God who believe in the kingship of God relate to earthly politics? Exactly. And with Daniel, we do see, we don't see this like separatism um, where he, he kind of sequesters himself mm-hmm. and is totally antagonistic mm-hmm. to, or, or, you know, resistant to earthly rulers but there is a there is a great earnestness and honesty in daniel you know that uh given a seat at the table how does he steward that well he calls these uh, wicked kings to submit themselves to god and to recognize the the kingship of god and that god will bless that but while we see an earnestness we don't see an anxiety and there's almost like this holy indifference that Daniel carries of, you know, God, God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar great power and so much power that whoever Nebuchadnezzar would set up, he would set up and whoever he would kill, he would kill. Like there's, there was this great earthly lordship that Nebuchadnezzar had and, you know, yet it, it all comes to ruin in the end and, and it's all very, very momentary. And, you know, I think the the lack of anxiety is very important. But there's a contrast there. Like mm-hmm. you see, like I think Belshazzar, like you can kind of almost sense like he knows like, man, this is, I'm uneasy about all this, what I've been doing. And like, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get this Daniel guy. I mean, he starts speaking, this guy, there's a, there, he probably is unnerved by the quiet yeah. confidence or the, the lack of anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's just such a contrast as someone who is faithful and being uh, driven by uh, of the Lord and, and trying to walk and just be faithful where I'm at versus like this, man, I don't know, like I'm, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. there's something not right about 
what we're doing here and, and it's, it's just no way to live right I absolutely mean, yeah so, so daniel i think this book really shows that contrast absolutely yeah. Well, Brad, it's only going to get spicier and uh, love it more insane from here. <laughs> so for Brad Smith, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow as we continue through Daniel on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.